0: everybody welcome to the spain dream trip podcast presented by fox racing this is don maeta joined by our swap moto live test rider renee garcia our former trans motocross test rider mike sleeter now with moto online down in australia who's on loan to us today and then of course uh supercross phenom from the uk dylan morning woodcock has anyone given you that nickname yet
1: uh mate in america i get them all all all, all the good ones come from the americans
0: (laughs) (laughs) well hey guys so the four of us were uh very fortunate uh recently and in past weeks to uh spend some time in barcelona spain with the stark future crew uh riding the stark varg the strong wolf and uh I don't know how you guys feel. I kind of know how Renee and I feel, but uh, I came away from the thing completely blown away. Not only by the bike, but by the trip in general, the hospitality, the facility. Um, everything about the trip was amazing for me and Renee. How, how was it for you guys? I know, Sleater, you had a little bit of a hiccup. Are you there, Mike? Is he there? Are you there? There he Are is. you there he is. There yes. Yeah, sorry,
2: guys. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, it was a bit of a snafu, but that's kind of a segue. Like you said, in the hospitality, the type of people, the Stark Future crew is, um, they're completely transparent. I landed in Milan all the way from the, the Gold Coast of Australia, which is a pretty big trip. And they said that there was a circumstance with one of the bikes that that basically we're going to have to fly me back home and send me that come back a week later. But, um, you know, unlike most manufacturers, they were honest. And, um, I had a, a vacation planned after the launch. So I went to, uh, uh, Fort William, watched the UCI downhill and then came back and Ben and Anton and the whole crew there, man, they treated you like first treating myself and my wife, like first class when we came back and, yeah the crew rolled out the red carpet um attention to detail um brand awareness um yeah before we go into the bike ad yeah, but the overall impression of the trip itself and what the company stands for is looking very very good for the future in my opinion
0: yeah the whole uh the whole planning and execution of the press launch is i just can't even imagine how difficult it was right with like you know, we had five on our day, five publications. So I, I imagine there's five each day and I think they, what, 10, 12 days of it. Um, Dylan, you came from, uh, you came from the UK. and What was your outlet? Uh,
1: it's the Dirt Pub. It's just like a little type magazine from, from the UK that does a few supercross races. That's how I kind of got involved with them. But I had the same experience as you guys really, like the flights are obviously not as long from from the uk to barcelona it's like an hour and 40 minutes but i thought it was uh the same very welcoming people were awesome and uh, and yet you got treated like you was in first class and it was very organized like the way they set it up with all the the camera work and, and the microphones they they thought about the other angle of doing things not just uh jumping on the bike and everyone going yeah that's great you know
0: yeah everything was uh planned out ahead you know it's funny because uh i think we're one of the only titles that brought two people myself and renee and so uh going into it i i was under the impression that we had a photographer but i thought we we're gonna have to shoot our own video so i bought i bought like a dad cam you know like the video camera that's easy to handhold <laughs> thinking that renee are yeah. not gonna have to film each other and we get there and we have two filmers dedicated to us so i was just, just completely blown away so yeah, yeah. hey
2: so swap do you, did you think one takeaway for me too was like how um, modest but yet confident the crew was. They they didn't pump the bike up and talk a bunch of crap on combustion chamber bikes. They didn't they didn't try to sell us. They gave us an experience, in my opinion. Like that was my my one of my big takeaways. They weren't cheesy with like confidence or um, uh, bad mouthing what any other brand or manufacturer that's doing anything.
0: Yeah, completely agree with that. Um, you know, it's funny because I I. I was skeptical going to this thing because, you know, obviously the Alta came out first. Um, I was able to ride the Alta before it went into production at Glen Helen one day, and, and I was allowed six minutes on the bike because the battery life was so bad. But in that six minutes, Sleater, you remember I, I crashed in a rut because there's no clutch? Yeah, right in front of me. And I picked up the bike and launched the bike because I twisted the <laughs> throttle. <laughs> and, and the bike almost cleaned you out <laughs> yeah i know
2: and it's interesting someone asked me about the Alta when i was there and um i was like you know what's interesting i had no desire to ever want to ride it because it just didn't meet the marks i was watching it slower than a 250 it had your favorite fork swap the 4c <laughs> <The> 4cs. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 so like like this was okay. interesting right like the Alta never gave me the inclination that we were ready for electric that we were going this way, it didn't give me anything that want to make other than Josh Hill being, doing Josh Hill things yeah, like to yeah, trigger them. But, but man, it just never met the mark that would even want me to even in, think about going electric in my opinion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like, so that being said, I was skeptical getting on the plane, right? I was like, oh, it's going to be like the Alta. So, uh, you know, as journalists, test writers, we're supposed to be, you know, Like I I heard it once, like you you go into the thing thinking the worst and the bike has to win you over, right? You don't get too excited for something and you come in with a predetermined uh, impression, you know? So I went there completely skeptical and the thing won me over, right? So I don't know, but like, uh, I know, Renee, you haven't ridden, you didn't ever ride the Alta, right?
3: Yeah, no, I never got to ride the Alta.
0: So how were you headed over to Spain? mentally
3: so i try to keep an open mindset i mean going into it i knew that no matter what whether i liked the bike or i did not like the bike it was going to be something like i've never ridden before Mm -hmm. um i was just kind of in hopes that like the bike wasn't going to be so weird that like when i got on it i was just like instantly a novice again Mm -hmm. and like didn't know how to jump or turn or anything like that um and so with that being said even like talking again about like what mike said the guys are super, super like modest about the bike. They said, "Look, dude, we're gonna give you pretty minimal information, and we want this experience f- for you guys to be unique and 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 honest. You know, mm-hmm. tell us if the bike's bad. Tell us if it's good. You know, we want to hear what you guys have to say." So, um, I I try to go into it with just a level head and say, "You know what? I'm gonna give this bike, you know, um, fair shot. I'm not gonna like, you know, try to compare it to anything else and 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 see what I think."
1: So.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Dylan? Um, have you ever ridden Alta or anything like it?
1: No, in uh, in England, you know those bikes, the Surons. Yes. They're, like, they're not like a ma- they're not like a dirt bike, but they're like it's more like a, a motorized bike a mountain, mountain bike. bike. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but they have the handbrake, and uh, I seen like when I got sent the email from from Dirt Hub, the company in England. There, there was an option there was like a a, a handbrake and a, like a, a foot brake mm-hmm. and uh that was like i didn't realize that there was going to have two options there or anything i thought we was just going to turn up and have the handbrake and uh yeah i was just it was confusing at first when i got on the bike maybe for two corners and then as soon as i done like a little jump and like there was a bit of free spin in the uh in like the electric motor mm-hmm. i was like wow this is a this is crazy and like yeah i even said like a couple words like riding around because i was a bit blown away by how, how good it felt yeah four or five corners it was crazy
0: so did you guys opt for the handbrake or the foot on your bike
1: um i
2: i was a uh, I went just traditional swap i i didn't want right? to like I wanted to make sure that I could get as much information in like traditional riding. But I can tell you, I'm very intrigued at what that handbrake option is going to do for the future.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Just for me, I, I could, I, the thought of it, I just saw myself eating shit in a panic situation because I'd go for the rear brake and it wouldn't be there. And, you know, and then on top of it, you know, there's a whole mix up, right? Like I run my mountain bike. Standard in the U.S. and I don't have any problem getting from motorcycle to bicycle. I know. I don't know what you do, sleater but I know down in Australia they come moto style, right? Mountain Dude, I'm Amer-
2: I, I live in I live in oz I'm American, bro. Come on.
0: Yeah, I know, but like, but if you <laughs> like, if you went and got a brand new Intense, doesn't it come set up wonky, like a- opposite?
2: Um. Yeah, so it, well, In in uh in Australia, Intense has to rework the bikes. I like change the brakes over uh to for
0: Aussies yeah the the back brakes on the right side yeah how about
2: you I'm sorry I'm sorry
1: the back brakes on the left Left. side. yeah 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 Yeah, that's that was funny I to be fair I got pretty lucky because um I was riding the track and whatever and uh I seen someone riding on a bike that hadn't been pulled out
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like something I didn't know what was going on and I see he had two levers on the handlebars so when he (laughs) came in I asked for a guard. On it because I was like, and he came in saying, "Oh, it's, it's really great," and I liked it. And I was like, "Handbrake, no, it's pretty unheard of in what we're used to and stuff like that." So when I got on it, I had done exactly what you said on like I missed it, missed <laughs> I went to go for the foot brake and my foot just went down and I was like, "Oh my god!" I just grabbed the handful of front brake and luckily <laughs> saved it because you don't think you don't think about grabbing it with the left hand. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Was there?
2: Was there any benefit, Dylan? Was like, can you trail brake? Was there anything that you thought
1: was better? Like going in the right-hand turns, obviously, might be a little easier. Yeah, the only thing that I not, noticed the most is obviously if you was going to come into like a fast corner or whatever, you could have both feet in the same place. Like I, I kind of ride with like not my not on my heels, but like on the middle of my foot, you know, not like falls on my toes. But yep. I was going around the corners and towing the brake and. And doing it, and not really taking my feet off the pegs, which was kind of nice, just to not worry about down below and just worry about what's going on with your hands. Do you know what I mean? Just kind of standing up. Yeah. But it, hey, I, it
2: was hey, Swap. weird. Hey Swap, we can pretend we're Eli Tomac and Ken Roxton if we can have both those brakes on the bars, dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, don't you think it would be kind of cool if they set it up where you could have both? They, they have a hydraulic line splitter, don't they, or wouldn't that be oh, possible? Oh, that would,
2: that'd be for sure coming, you'd think, right? Yeah. That's your first aftermarket part, man. There you go.
0: <laughs> Yeah. It was funny because, you know, I watched them switch it and stuff, and they had to do a lot of work to, to get it converted from foot brake to handbrake, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think for me, it, it would just, the,
3: like, considering the amount of time I had with the bike, like, uh, honestly, I didn't think that was going to be an issue. Um, but once we got there and, you know, they had the whole schedule laid out, I was kind of worried about how much time I'd actually get on the bike. So I was like, you know what, dude, if I, if I switched everything up to the handbrake, I'm going to just sell myself short on, on getting like an accurate test with something I'm I'm comfortable with. You know, Mm -hmm. I think the handbrake thing would, would change everything technically for me, like way too much. And then of course having the freaking risk of, of, you know, smacking my
0: (laughs) dome on the, on the soil in Barcelona probably wouldn't be, uh too good yeah (laughs) so we came into this thing like all excited because there's a 60 horsepower bike and 80 horsepower bike and you watch the stark (laughs) intro video and they say oh you know like one hour track time with the top level rider and then we get there and we're riding the 60 horsepower bike i was kind of like let down a little bit when i heard that and then i rode it and i'm like oh shit and then i found (laughs) out it was only said our bike was at 90 right 90 percent output um i was you know, for my slow vet guy pace, I mean, I was never, at a, I was never left wanting for more power. Like, what, what was the opinion of the of the power for you guys?
2: Uh, I had agree, swap. I I, 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 you know, we all rode the same track. You come up, make that left, and you go double, triple, right, or is it triple, yeah. triple, triple, double, double? Sorry. Yeah. And uh coming down the hill i got on the gas and i almost like fell off the back of the bike dude like <laughs> this i was like not squeezing not squeezing with my legs and there wasn't like to make it short yeah there was not one point in time that i'm like man i really need need more power here there, that, there wasn't
0: did you guys ride at 90 percent, or uh, did you ever try 100 because Renee tried 100 i I'd want to no know part of it <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, to be fair, when, when they asked me, I just said that I was going to keep it as, like, as you buy it, like, or, or how they're going to give you it, try to keep it as much like that, and uh, I was the same as, as Sleet. As, as you pulled on the track and done that, uh, left, and then went right, you know, like, when you would, uh, like, I don't know, I always do it, but, like, you flick the clutch on your bike just to wheel a yeah. hole or, or something like that, I kind of done that didn't grip the bike as enough and I almost looped it down that straight and I was like wow this bike is like not sensitive but it was like responsive. as soon as you hit the throttle it's just there like it was and it was smooth once you got used to it it was smooth but I I thought that was uh and just not getting used to like I don't know about you guys but like I trigger the clutch quite a lot before like a jump like I'll pull the clutch in and maybe not rev the bike but like just for like a bit of extra
0: yeah a little slip
1: hop or something like that over jumping the jumps by like doing that, like coming in and going z- 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 and then, like with no <laughs> clutch, there's no like, there's no like, no, like a drag or nothing. So I was over jumping most of the jumps by like five or so foot, you know.
3: <laughs> so I, w- I was under the impression when me and you first got on the bike down that it was at a hundred, yeah. And I mean, I already told you about my incident where yeah, I, it was man. this first step of guys, I hit it like first lap and I didn't even like try to jump it all the way, I tried to just get a good like feel for like the distance and i was not squeezing like near enough and so as soon as i took off that step up my feet started coming off the seat and i was like oh man i'm doing a superman this is not good and uh yeah. luckily i ended up saving it but to get back to that the point of the power of the bike um when i first got on it i thought this was that was 100 percent and i mean we had a little bit of rain the track was a little bit muddy and i was like man this thing pulls hard and they're like, hey, guys, you guys aren't even at 100 yet. You you know, you got, you know, a little bit more. Do you want to try it? And I said, all right, well, let's get an accurate test. Let's see what this thing's really got. And let me tell you, they put it to 100. And the thing I noticed right away that's a little bit more, more, a lot more responsive than the gas bikes was anytime you land on the gas, for example, after after the the singles, like the, uh, the you know, the little single jumps down the straightaway. Uh, you land on the gas, and I almost got, like, looped out because, yeah. like, it's instant traction, instant bite. As soon as you land on the gas and, like, not having the delay of clutch or gearing, having to shift, anything like that, that's what was like, okay, yeah, 80 horsepower would be insane because this is 60, and I don't even know if I'd be able to ride, ride it at 60 at most of the California tracks.
0: Yeah. When I, uh, look, Renee went first, and he comes off, and he's all, bro squeeze the heck out of the bike with your legs I did a superman <laughs> and so like I was I was nervous you know I got on the thing and yeah I I slipped off the bike a little bit at first But I, had, I squeezed so hard that whole trip I got I had like uh, abrasions on the insides of my knees but uh the whole no clutch thing I was pretty worried about that going into the trip because I'm like an idiot who relies on the clutch a little too much and you know, it's my, it's my crutch. My clutch is my crutch in rutted corners. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I didn't have any adapt adaptation period. I got used to the, the, just rolling it on right away. And yeah, without the clutch, like Dylan, like you said, you like zap it a little bit on the jump to get a little bit boost. All you gotta do is twist the throttle a little bit harder. Right. And I think it's, I think it's so funny how, when you were speaking just a while ago, you're all, yeah, zits it. Like, it's so funny that we're already talking like that, right? Because I didn't do, you know, when you first pull on the track, left the triple there. I didn't do that triple, my first moto. And then, so, the second moto for us was the drone footage, right? Where the drone's chasing you. So, I'm sitting there going, dude, I got to do these jumps. I'm not rolling shit with the drone following me, right? So, I asked Renee, I go, hey, how, how about that triple? And he goes, oh, just hit it. You got it. Just hit it hard. I'm like, Okay. And so it was triple, like double, and then longer double, turn right, come downhill. I hadn't done that downhill double yet because it was long. And so I'm all, okay, that one, how do I do it? And Renee says, hold the bike wide open, going towards it, let off, then give it throttle and push in the face, and you're right over it. And I'm all, is it like zit or like zit, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I'm like, wait, we're already talking like robots here, you know? But then I I equate. I said, okay, I'm 450. What gear, third gear mid? And he said, yeah. And, And it just... It's crazy how quickly it translated and how comfortable I got on that bike. Was it the same yeah. for you, you two guys?
2: Yeah, yeah I would say um, it took me uh, a lap, uh, probably a lap and a half, and I started like going pretty, pretty easy. I, the clutch thing was my my biggest question, guys. Was I was like, okay, sometimes when a meathead coming out of turns, just want to grab a handful yeah. and and the clutch is like that safety mechanism to like modulate the power right it's like Mm -hmm. you're smoothing it out and i'm like man if this thing has a ton of power i'm gonna come out of turns and be getting like whiplash because i'm just meatheading it and it was quite the opposite i I use the correlation um you're in the perfect gear in every turn all right like you're not you're not shifting you're not you know getting creative with your feet like you said dylan um, so yeah, once I kind of got that figured out, I was more worried about that one step up at the, coming out of the bottom after the rollers, because it had the kickers, you know, like kind of like a mini staircase. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, like, I, how's this thing going to react? Cause you know, on kickers, you like use the, the, the noise to pop br- 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 off it and mm-hmm. it was no different. Right. It just, it was really seamless for me to get used to almost, um, the track was hard I think for me to re- memorize where I was at. So that was kind of weird. Like. All the jumps were blind so it was more learning where the track went um uh, the only thing it did take me a bit to get used to was um like you said dylan like i like to come in like on a 450 like timing jumps i'll kind of like for the first time on a track come in slow and then go right and like and then get some air in case i deck it and then i'm like, coming down instead of going forward Where like i didn't know how to time the electric bike just just cracking the throttle like but once I realized it, it does the same thing. It was, it was second nature.
3: Yeah, I agree. 100%. I don't know about you guys, but you know that, that one like downhill that had the single roller going into it, that one was really hard for me to time. And I probably went flat (laughs) about like 10 times on that thing because I would come in and I, I don't know, it's just something about there not being any noise. You feel like you're going slow. And so, like, I'd be like, man, I'm on the brakes way too hard. Let me just, like, let off and coast. And I was like, oh, man, I am, like, way flat. Like, what the heck? And, like, the bike would handle good. I would, like, I told Don I would close my eyes and brace because I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt when I land. And then, like, oh, wow, it's not that bad. Like, I land and it's plush and I make the turn and and it's all good. But it was, like, one of those jumps were, like, the ones where, like, you had to either coast with some speed or even like gas on them hard. Like those were kind of hard at time in the beginning, but once you kind of realize, like, all right, dude, it's it's the same. Like you said, that's that was my biggest worry too. It was like the bike was going to be too alien that like my skill set would be you know like lowered significantly because of that. But it wasn't the case. The bike felt just like a, a regular dirt bike without the shifting and without the sound.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, it, um, yeah.
1: Did any of you guys? I don't know, like talking about corners and stuff like that. Like, I've never been a big outdoor guy, but uh, I found on the corners when you know, like when you go to somewhere like Parla or Paris or somewhere like that, the corner are almost fifty p's, doesn't it? Like you go right, someone clutches it, and then it like kind of blows out. Did you find all the ruts that was at the track? Like, obviously, what what Slee was saying, like where there's no clutch, you could just kind of concentrate on rolling the, the power on the way around the corner did you find any ruts have like a big kink in it because all the ruts were perfect
0: yeah no they were really it smooth is. for us i think yeah they
1: were
3: really good i mean and we got some rain too thankfully we had some pretty like pristine conditions because like it was muddy a little bit in the morning and then it got perfect during noon and then yeah. by the end of the day it was dry again
0: yeah it's funny because i talked to uh jason thomas who went for racer x and he said it was dry slippery
2: yeah it was morbidly for me really dry and slippery yeah. um in in the afternoon but swap like i was r- really struggling man get my rich taylor power release down because I didn't have a clutch <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get the i was trying to get the shot and I was like man r t would be or swap would be so bumming my r t power release I was trying oh. to get the money shots, and like you said Dylan, you can't like just Ruin a corner. It's like hard to ruin a turn and do things wrong. I guess you'd say it's like really hard to like not do the right thing like through the turn.
1: Yeah, that's that's why I felt pretty fast on the bike. That's what made that's what made me think straight away. Like this bike's actually very very legit because like I was what like going around the track thinking. That's why I said about how was the track for you guys because you go to every track in england it's the same everyone grabs a handful of clutch bomb and then obviously there's no clutch to grab so everyone's rolling around the turn instead of like stop start which mm-hmm. is turns is where you make most of your time up and i just thought that's why i was uh, felt a little bit faster on it than than whatever
3: I was telling Swap, my turns felt like, I was like, I felt like a hero, dude. Like, all my ruts felt good. Coming into turns, you lean the bike over, it it gets leaned over nicely and stays nice and consistent. You know, being that you're always in the right gear, you know, you're never having that, um, you know, tension on the chassis. So, like, it just, it feels so free. And the other thing that I was going to say that caught me off guard a little bit, too, was, I don't know if you guys ever ridden, like, any other kind of, like, type of electric bike with a throttle, but... The ones I've ridden, like an set or something like that, like when you get real low on the throttle and you're kind of just barely cracking it, that electric motor isn't really smooth. It's kind of like chattery, like it's kind of like a mm-hmm. until you actually get on it a decent amount, then it pulls smoothly. But I think one of the reasons why we weren't so affected by you know not having a clutch was the fact that the throttle was smooth from the like first tiniest little crack. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never like chattery or anything like that. Like it was really smooth. And so, like, anytime you felt like you just needed, you know, to give it a little bit of power to get out of something, you just crack that throttle, and it responds right away.
0: Yeah, like, getting on the yeah. bike in the pits and riding past guys around people and stuff, it wasn't sketchy. Yeah. yeah it wasn't like, yip, <laughs> like, yeah. run into a guy or something. But one thing that I noticed, and I want to see if you guys agree. Um, so, obviously, I was the king of case in my whole first moto. Like, like my first <laughs> lap, honestly, I... I rolled almost everything cuz I didn't know the track and like I my old ass brain I can't learn tracks that fast. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? And so when I was jumping stuff and coming up short, uh you know when you're going to come up short on some like on a gas bike you hold throttle open, right? <laughs> and you either like bounce awkwardly off an endo or god forbid you swap side to side right that thing was like the case master 9000 like it landed sure. and it was almost i told my brother it almost felt like I had a check valve shock because it never bounced it just went poof and stopped and uh the way the bike handled landing from jumps i thought was exceptional the way it responded to a little bit of throttle midair was amazing like you know, uh, the double step ups. The first one was a little funky. The lip was funky for us. So a couple of times I got kicked sideways or into an endo and I cracked the throttle just a little yip, and the thing leveled out and straightened out instantly. So I I don't know. I just think there's something about the electric motor not having centrifugal force of a piston and a rod and a
2: yeah, I, I agree, Don. Um, I know you're going to touch on it probably and segue into it sooner than later, but one thing that was, I, I'll, I'll be honest, when I was riding it, I'm like a chassis dork, right? So I'm yeah. like, man, the chassis is like feels good. Like, uh, triangle's good. I feel comfortable. Man, there's like, slap downs is kind of harsh feeling at first. I'm like, and the track was dry and hard. And I'm like, man, like, is it good? Is it not good? Like, I'm not having an issue with anything, but I don't really know. Like, it, like, I just can keep pushing it, but I'm like, if the sound was different and the track was new to me, um, and I, I just, if like the, 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 the harmonic tone, when I landed like, <sighs> like, you could hear the plastics a little bit, yeah. you know, I'm like, so I didn't know, I was like, man, is, is, is a, is a combustion chamber bike better or not? Like, I, 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 I don't feel anything wrong. Like, so I actually started messing with engine brake. So I started messing with engine brake on the mapping to get the mm-hmm. front end to bite more because, like, I like the balance, and I, I added some engine brake and got, like, the front end to bite better, and that was incredible, right? To start adding engine brake. I know you can do that with your ECU a little bit on a, on, a, on a combustion chamber bike, but not like what they did with this thing, and I ended up splitting the difference and getting that fork to work a lot better for me going into the turns and mm-hmm. then working on the shock, and, yeah, I, I was at a point where I was like, man, I could this, – this, this bike needs a better – better jockey it's holding it back you
1: know Mm. yeah i I was uh i i really 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 like the the suspension on that bike like i'm not really one for feeling good on set of suspension straight away but uh, i i thought it was very good like casing jumps and stuff like that i felt it felt like uh that i didn't know if you guys felt the same but you know like when the bike hit the floor did you hear the wheels slap a lot yeah 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 like that, that noise was just strange for a minute. But as soon as I kind of done that, and like you said, Slater, with the um, the plastics just obviously moving, which they're gonna. It's just when you've got a two fifty or four fifty on the limiter, it's it's a lot of noise. Yeah. When you've got when you've got an electric motor, it's not, and you can hear so many other things. I think it was just new new hairs, new new everything. Yeah,
0: like, like when you are uh, when you sit forward on the bike and squeeze it with your thighs in a corner, you hear that plastic creaking.
1: Yeah that, yeah, was, yeah, that was that was kind of weird. Same. That was interesting. But they said
0: that the the, you know, that was uh, prototype plastic, so it was stiffer and louder. So obviously, production plastic be quieter. But the thing that got me noise-wise was well, coming into it, I was like, man, I'm not gonna have gearing and engine sounds for as a point of reference. But there is that engine noise to pick up, the little electronic noise, and that's enough for me to tell what the throttle is, what the throttle setting is, and stuff. But the noise that got me. Was when you were gassing it like too hard out of a corner and you got the tires to spin, you could yeah. hear the tire flexing and breaking traction. Every time I did that, I was like, I, I got a flat because on a <laughs> gas bike, the only time you hear that is when you have a flat and that's really loud, right? So,
2: yeah.
0: I pulled yeah. over a couple of times and thought, ah, oh, the rear tire's flat, and then it wasn't.
3: I was the I was the first one out there on the track and. Uh, like I said, we got some rain, so it was a little bit muddy and I was tripping out. Cause like, there's some of those longer sweeping, like one eighties that we had there. It was like, I, I threw, I threw the bike in there and I was like, okay, it's not, I'm not really sliding. Like, I'm gonna just try to like, you know, feel it out. Right. Feel out the traction. And I remember getting, so after that triple-double or triple-triple-double thing, and then you make that 180, so that turn, Mm -hmm. I remember getting on it, like, second lap, and I could hear the tires scooping. Like, it sounded like,
0: because
3: the mud was, like, kind of cakey, and I was like, what the heck? Like, (laughs) that was so weird for me. And then, like, another one that caught me off guard, too, was was hearing my track, my, uh my tires lock up under braking, especially when the, tra- when the track dried out. Mm-hmm. So there's like those little S turns in the middle of the track. And I remember landing off the first step or the second step up. And I was like, Oh man, like I'm like locking it up. Like, let me like lighten up on the brakes. So maybe get the the tires to bite a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like that was all pretty like new, new sounds like I've never heard. And so, you know, you, it's, it's so nice to be able to like adjust to your riding to that, you know, like, Oh, maybe let me let off the throttle a little bit to, to get these tires to bite or, or ease up on the brakes, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Did they? Uh, I agree with you. So they mic'd. They mic us all up for our first moto on the bike. Uh, I know on Renee's when you did your Superman, you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, did you guys in your footage? Did you end up actually saying anything on accident or compulsively? Um. No,
2: I I don't think so. I was like hooting, hollering, having fun. Yeah, I remember same. yelling. As you as you know, I yell <coughs> up, like, when I race. I'm like, get out of the, get out of the way! Yeah. Like, and uh, um, and that kind of helps you breathe. So I remember there's a guy the roost hurt pretty bad, and there's a guy ahead of me like a little bit, and I was like, wanted to see how far away I can like scare him, and it was pretty far back. I'm like, get out of the way! And he like <laughs> shot off the track. He was so far away. That was pretty funny, but yeah the, the, just yeah the the um nothing nothing crazy for me on the mic i did have a moment slipping off the bike coming down that step up down down there but i wasn't mic'd up i and i probably just sharted my pants I didn't even make a noise it was so sketchy <laughs> don
3: rode by a photographer and farted and the guy's like i heard you
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I cut a pretty good one he probably thought i was making motorcycle sounds <laughs> yeah i passed uh there was a guy uh another old guy there he was I forgot what magazine he was from. Oh, no, no. He was from uh, Transmoto. But uh, I came up on him and I did the uh, over the hump mountain bike thing, Mike. I was like, on your, left. <laughs> <laughs> on your left. On your left. Yeah. On your
2: left. That's awesome. It was it was Wigan from Transmoto.
0: Yeah. 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 Andy, oh, yes. Andy. I'm not to
2: give it to him. Yeah. yeah I was all, on your left. <laughs> yes. That's, awesome. that's
0: but, um, awesome. But so, hey, Dylan, you <laughs> took the bike onto the supercross track. What was it like? there
1: I, I didn't know if he was going to say or that's so that's why i never said it but mate i was uh like, that's where i noticed the casing and the clipping um a lot there was like a there was like a triple double and then like a pretty big like i'd say it was like a supercross triple but it was like cut down in height so it didn't have the height so it was just kind of just like all like typical european supercross just like kind of ha- half done you know mm-hmm. and um I thought it was was amazing like you don't have to worry about gears for the whoops all you have to worry about is where your feet was kind of in the rhythms you had obviously all the power you needed to do anything and with the rolling around the corners corners to make the rhythms it was uh, it was easy because obviously the power's just there and you didn't have to kind of load the clutch up and like drag the clutch off the lip or or anything like that because that's where kind of you see people go wrong in, uh, in supercross like this like, yep. have their foot under the shifter and dragging the clutch and then you see the the bike ah. hit Fort sean and then bob i kinda <laughs> didn't didn't really like feel that at all i just kind of was riding for i rode for maybe like 20 minutes around the supercross track and they oh, was nice. like they was all stood there and i just didn't really want to stop so i just kept riding around <laughs> and uh they was get they obviously got a bit worried and wanted me to stop just to check the bike and um from casing a few stuff but mate I took to it straight away kind yeah. of second or third lap I, I jumped most of the jumps and then uh, how are the whoops? the whoops yeah how are the whoops the whoops was like they was pretty dry and, and like odd and even and um when I was hitting them to be fair like you know that kind of I wouldn't say slow but like when you hit a set of whoops obviously you're nervous coming into them anyway unless you're you're the really good in whips so you come up to whips and i always like grab a gear right before and it almost unsettles me every time yeah i was coming around the corner i was you know what i mean like you might come around the corner in third and then get fourth because it fourth doesn't work in the turn or something like that Mm -hmm. and um obviously i was coming around getting straight and then as I was hitting the gas, the bike was just kind of going, conk, 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 conk. And I was like, not used to hearing it go, ah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was like a, and like you, normally if you get into the whoops, you would um, grab the clutch to adjust what you was doing. And kind of with that, it was just kind of grip your knees, hold it wide and look forward. It was just, it was simple.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, right? That, that you said like Lionel was a big guy back in the day, helped me in the whoops. And one of the things that, A lot of guys make mistakes. I'm sure Renee made it. I'm sure you you made it. And I know I made it plenty of times. You get scared a little bit because you're like, like I'm going to send it into these things. And then you touch the clutch. And then the clutch makes the front end dive because you unsettled the chassis. Right? So, like, I worked on, like, entering the whoops without, like, grabbing, touching the clutch. Like, that's what people don't realize, Dawn, is, like, the clutch is such a Achilles, like, you know, for yourself, for Mm -hmm. me. Like, is is you watch Stewart in the whoops or or a lot of the new school guys, they don't touch, they have their hand on the bar because there's fuel injection and all this kind of safety mechanisms with the bike. And they don't like, but remember when Stewart's doing 125 days, it looked like he hit turbo going into the whoops. Mm -hmm. And it's because he wasn't touching the clutch before the whoops, essentially. So yeah, this, this electric, the feed of the bike is just, I think helping every, all of us like be committed and confident. Mm-hmm. Th- that's what's going to yeah. be
3: really interesting is is you know hearing Dylan talk about it is is actually it, it makes sense because I got to ride the bike and I understand what he's saying and that's what's going to be a real game changer if if this thing you know gets to the states is because like for supercross especially on a 250F like Dylan said getting that right gearing is so important because you can be you know either t- you know too high where you're revved out or, or or I'm sorry too high where it falls on its face or too low and you're revved out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you watch guys like Christian, you know, not all of us can hit whoops, you know, fourth gear wide open. And I mean, his feet are already on the pegs halfway through the turn, you know, and he's already committed, you know, he's already in the right gear and, and all that. So, so being electric is, is going to be a game changer for, for everybody. I think all, all levels of riding are going to elevate, you know, Dylan, quick question for you. So like about how much battery did you use in that 20 minute session? And like, about how much of that riding would you say was like you trying like pretty hard, like pushing
1: to, to be fair. I, I kind of just treated it like it was a, it was like with the bike for the whole day, I just kind of tried to treat it like I was at a normal track. Cause obviously I never rode electric. So I just kind of done the same with the Supercross also. Like as soon as I got there, I kind of looked at the track stopped, uh, had a little look where it all went and all stuff like that. And if there was any sketchy parts and then, Just got into it like it was like a, like I was trying to get the track down and and all that type of stuff. And I'd say the first three laps, I kind of was getting the jumps down. And then once I got there, I maybe done like 15, 20 laps around this track, maybe a 45, 50 second lap time. And I, I was like stopping and starting, stopping and starting. I think it used up to from from, it was at like 90 something. And I think it ended up at like, 60 i'm wow. sure 60 something and so then that's process process that,
3: was... yeah and that's that's longer than a, a a qualifying practice you know i mean realistically what we got 10 minutes is the first practice is pretty much what dylan did so
2: hey renee did you fall on the potty did you fall down on the potty you sound like you're in the toilet what's you sound that
0: like, you... Uh, you we're... like you... <laughs> uh, we're just sitting in my van in the driveway <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: Quiet. The, hey, the, we, yeah we can't hear you guys we can't hear you guys you sound like you fell in the potty
0: oh really it's the no. fountain. Oh, maybe the fountain. It's yeah, the fountain there, there's there. a water fountain outside.
2: Yeah, both of you guys, you, both of you guys are scuba Stephen it down
0: in <laughs> the water. Well, it sounds good on yeah. the audio recorder, but uh, uh, yeah, that's impressive then because they they were saying to us that the enemy of the battery, the discharge of the battery, is wide open, right? So obviously, Supercross isn't wide open. It's a lot of like, yep, 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 and uh, so that that's why it probably lasted so long because I think. Renee and I were sharing a bike initially until this one Italian guy bailed and then I got my own bike. Um, I think, what did we get it down to at one point thirty-seven percent Yeah, right the lowest I got
3: was like 30-something.
0: And then we went and ate lunch for under an hour and <clears throat> came back and it was at 100%. Yeah. So I think it charged pretty quick. And plus, they said that the batteries are not up to production spec yet. Is that the same information you guys got? They can't hear me.
2: Um, yeah, it's, uh, one thing that we haven't really talked about, what I thought was really impressive, guys, was, um, um, the power, obviously the trick technical touch, KYB, like all the, all that, but in, in the chassis design, like the, the way you adjust the chain. Oh um, yeah. How about that? The attention to detail with like the foot peg, no more wearing goggles, changing foot peg pins. Um, like they just really, really, um, the attention to detail.
1: The, you, uh, what's that, dude? I, I was gonna say just before you go off that even like the do you know like the nuts and bolts on like the the spindle with the bolt on the end like they had yep. a an which was like super like streamlined for like in the ruts and stuff like that as well which I thought was pretty amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it. Would you guys agree? Like, I was really like we were so consumed with like electric, 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 but then when you start, I started looking at like the split design triple clamps the Brimbros, every all the, it, they didn't just take a power plant and dump it in a in like a, a chassis right. they really had a thought out like the way the where the motor like the electric motor itself sat between your foot pegs the way the battery is designed to get the weight you know balanced. and then like you said that the swing arm the way you did the you're not you don't have a 10 and 13 or 10 and 12 and just yeah. the chain and looking at slots you had this really trick like Click system to make sure you're exactly the same. Um, I think that's one thing the industry as a whole is under like undervalued what what the chassis and the attention to detail within yeah. all of the features and benefits.
0: Yeah that that whole uh, chain adjustment thing is like why hasn't anyone thought of that before? That's you know? that's what I'm saying, and that's probably one of the most impressive things that
3: I've taken away from the whole experience was you know not only do they have a, an impressive bike that it's going to be really interesting to see like really how well it does against combustion bikes, but the whole team as a, you know, the whole company as a whole, you know, the way they, they, they came out with this bike, like it's so tailored and for it to, for the company to only be what, two years, three years old, mm. like they really hit all the marks. And it's so funny. Cause the only other time I've really felt that way was like, as far as, like, with the way this bike is designed and, and how they're really putting it to thought as far as, like, a consumer's standpoint is, like, KTM. And I feel like they've really, like, like led in, like, you know, putting quality parts on a bike, like, from the grips to the components like the clutch and the and the and the brakes. And they've took that and, and I think even leveled it up, you mm-hmm. know, as far as making the bike consumer-friendly as far as what they're going to have to do as far as – uh. Maintenance is concerned on a day-to-day basis. Like they made all that stuff, you know, nicer and easier. You know, and you don't have to be yeah a, for sure a, a, I, a mechanic to to own this thing. You know
1: did did they, did they show any of you guys the uh, the toolbox that you get with the bike?
0: <laughs> yeah, we were <laughs> stressed out about uh bringing that home with us.
1: Yeah, they, they, but like, have you seen how many tools are actually inside of the toolbox? Like they said it was maybe like.
0: It was every tool needed to
1: rate.
3: work on the bike, right? Yeah, not yeah. too many. Yeah, two. the biggest thing was the torque wrenches, the two torque wrenches, and then a couple sockets, like literally like four or five sockets, I think. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool.
0: What did you guys think of? Okay, so let's uh, all we've been doing here is like like gushing about the bike and how amazing it is, right? What were some things that you thought were strange or you would change? Like I thought that the smartphone on the handlebars was kind of weird. Um, you know, I'm surprised that I didn't smash my chest in the handlebar because I'm such a sketchy dude, but the smartphone thing is awesome, right? But like putting it right there, it just seems a little iffy to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure I could smash my face in that and break the glass. All they said was like military glass or something, right? But, uh, even the, uh, the, you know, the kind of rubbery thing around it and everything, it just seems like that could be softer or... I don't know. Well,
3: I think it's going to be a little bit of an issue because like, I personally know friends that are like the biggest weenies when it comes to what kind of bars they run. They're like, I need a crossbar. Blah, blah. Yeah. I don't really care. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it, I have my preference, but it's not a big deal.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I think that uh, it, it's they're going to need to make something to where people can put the bars that they want on there. You know, I mean, I think it's cool to be able to see, you know, all that data. But I mean, realistically, the only thing you need to see while you're riding is that battery percentage. Honestly, you know that's the only thing I really care about. I mean, uh, as far even like you know, changing the settings on the bike. Usually, when I go to a track, I I, I put you know what I want it, and I, I usually don't you really mess it. with yeah. it. You know, for the rest of the day. So, I think that make something a little bit more streamlined, like like compact. That you know, you could only see you know minimal data, or, or even be able to put the
2: bars you want. I think that'll be important for them.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you guys think?
2: I'm assuming they're gonna have like a like a a connector you know or bluetooth where you could possibly run without you know you'll ride it without the 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 military grade phone i mean here's what's pretty cool is you know when when yamaha came out with like the app Dawn, like yeah. that was game changing right you're like oh man we can adjust and and it, it it did work like you know you got the tp setting and you have these settings but like like i'm like you renee like once I kind of figure out what I like, I'm not messing with my bike a whole lot. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not changing stuff. But what is cool is we didn't touch on this is, um, you know, we could, I could take, you know, Don, you could take your daughter's riding at Paula. Yeah, right? turn it down. And, and you could have your 450 set up at, you know, 62 horsepower, this percentage engine brake. And then you could go to, like, user profile number two and set up that start for your daughter's the ride at, like, a 110 speed, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I was making a joke before I took off. I was like, hey, did you guys already have programmed the invisible training wheels, you know, so I don't fall down on this thing? And they're like, yeah, no problem. We'll do that real quick. And like, haha, ha you know? And I went to take off, and the thing went, like, walking pace. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Like so i think that's the, that's the thing is like once you program it you don't have to change it but yeah it didn't bother me because you remember i wrote sketchy ass ktms back in there with just like a nugget bar pad across the bar so yeah. um so i
0: didn't have are the you are talking foam. about that thing that looked like a spare spark plug holder yeah so
2: <laughs> so i don't know like i i i'm i wrote, i was already used to like possibly smashing my teeth across like four torx head 10 mil <laughs> bolts so um it, it it didn't really matter but yeah it, it's i think having that visibility of that of that screen and as we as you know we that it wasn't the final like screen display so yeah, yeah. will will be a little more efficient for us renee when it has its um like final display and it has rpm pitch and it has everything because was pretty beta like i, I could b- barely decipher what was the number and what wasn't like on there
0: for batteries yeah yeah um uh what about you dylan was there anything a shortcoming of the bike that you would have uh liked to see improved
1: uh to, to be fair maybe maybe just about the, like the bar pad but like like you guys said but for me the the bike was uh for me i i really enjoyed it i felt like uh when people was out on the track and and riding it wasn't like a big disturbance and obviously it wasn't a massive change to go from all that noise with a helmet on to no noise i felt like it was a pretty easy change and and yeah i i was just kind of say like uh renee was saying like if you like the fat bar or, or the, the crossbar or whatever you call it you guys use it in American terms but it's uh i think that's the only thing really for me that i, I liked everything i liked how skinny the bike was compared to like any other bike that i've ridden before and how wide they are, even though they're only a little bit skinnier. I I, I didn't get very sore like legs or anything like that. I was uh, I really enjoyed the whole the whole ride.
0: Yeah. You know, uh one thing I didn't get to do on the thing, well obviously the they said it weighs four hundred and thirty pounds right now and it's gonna be lighter in production, but it felt super light on the track, um, because of the low center of gravity and you know, no engine centrifugal force and all that. So the bike felt super light. I never got to feel how light it was putting on the stand. Cause the one time I came back, cause you know, I'd ride back and then two guys would grab it, you mm-hmm. know? And the one time I was like, Oh, I'm going to put it on the stand. This the girl that worked there came running over and grabbed the rear wheel while I was lifting it up. But I never, got it was to heavy, it. dude. Was it? It was heavy. Cause I it was heavy.
2: I, I, I was like, Oh man, I'll take care of this for them. And I grabbed, which was another feature and benefit that, Handle. that uh they have is they have that, that rad billet piece of aluminum where you typically like bikes put these little markers in where you can grab your hand and the seat flexes or the plastics rip off well this yeah. had that billet <laughs> handle and i go to lift it off I'm all, oh, and i felt it was heavy yeah because it, it was heavy getting it on and off <clears throat> you want you need one of those rob healy electric stands Yeah,
0: <laughs> electric bike electric stand was it heavier feeling <clears throat> than putting a suzuki on the stand
2: no, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 probably it's it's is similar to the Suzuki. Maybe may a little heavier, but yeah, that's interesting. It's heavy in your hand, man. But like we have felt track. before, kind of going into combustion chamber talk is like, you know, the KTM's the lightest bike on the track. Um, uh, but it doesn't feel like it, the Cowie's the heaviest, and it seems to feel the lightest. You know, based off the inertia and and the motor and everything. You know, makes that 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 start varg feel like a 125 almost like yeah. nimble and quick even though it's got such a heavy yeah. heavy uh you know uh scale weight
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's what i said straight straight away to be fair is uh how how nimble a two-stroke is i don't want to compare it to to anything like that but two-stroke and and the start going around the corners was was almost identical for me really nimble and then Almost had that like four fifty power when you when you get it in a straight line you can whack crack the throttle on type deal like what you said Slita. And, uh, and yeah that was a uh, that was mind blowing like you know, on a four fifty it's hard to go around like little corners but I found that like, it was really nimble and I even thought that the bike was way 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 lighter than any other like four fifty and they was like no it's like kind of the same and I was like really I, I feel so light like in the air like. Mm-hmm. The bike and whipping it around a little bit it felt like a BMX. I
2: yeah. think you nailed it in in like a very short term. It feels like the positives of a two-stroke that like nimble, quick, but then it has mm. the positives of a four-stroke, Dylan. Like it has that traction. You can add the engine brake, but also like it's quick in your hand and and um, yeah, it was that. That's my takeaway really when
1: it comes to like the power and the fun of it. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That- I'm, 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 Kind of riding kind of suits that so that's why i think i didn't have many many faults with the bike you know because it was like an almost like an easy ride and it didn't feel like yeah. a, not like it's a chore is riding with a four stroke but it was a lot easier and more in uh, like i didn't get as tired you know
2: so so don will tackle the gorilla in the room uh how'd you how'd you how was the comparison with the crew um going to the to the team at stark brought out um every every modern day four stroke 450 besides the 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 suzuki for us to try how how is your guys's experience getting on the the force i mean you talk about confidence like you have this groundbreaking electric motorcycle hopefully groundbreaking and then they bring out everybody all 2022 model 450s for you to reference like that's some balls man like yeah. that's that's that's
0: that's some big, some big statements right there. How'd your guys' experience go on those? Well, i uh, i I rode the Husky because um, Ryan from Cycle News Missouri on the Cowie. I would have jumped on, loved to have jumped on the Cowie because that's what I'm most comfortable on. But I was like, yeah, all right. And so, mind you, I only rode the four laps and was the king of case on that bike, right? So then I went out and I did more jumps on the gas bike because I was confident in the throttle and the clutch and and all that nonsense. But there's still Those three jumps I had not done, but I felt good on the Husky. I was like, yeah, this is good. And felt like I charged the corners much better than I did in my first moto. But then when I went out on the drone lap and just sent it for the camera, I was just like, oh man, this doesn't even compare. Now this is kind of funny because I wore a GoPro the whole time and I've gone back with my little iPhone stopwatch and everything. And... I was between four and six seconds faster on the Stark than I was on the Husky. Oh, wow. And my fast lap on the Husky was the last lap, and that was still four seconds faster in my drone laps than I was on my last lap on the Husky. And, I mean, that could be, well, I did the triple, I did the double, and I did the tabletop downhill, but I don't don't know that that still adds up to that much time.
3: I mean, it could. You know, uh, you're, you're changing your, your entrance speed to those jumps. You know, you're yeah. coming in a lot faster with, with, you know, making the obstacle. You're having less, less you know, jumps, you mm-hmm. know, so possibly.
0: But still, to be on a bike I've never ridden before, a category I've never ridden before, even if I was doing the same lap times as a bike I'm familiar with, that's a pretty big statement, I think.
3: That's, that's still really impressive for sure. Um, for me, I, I, uh, I got off the first session on the Stark— and you know i was comfortable enough to like you know i did all the jumps i felt like i was able to like you know start pushing like probably like around 70 percent like like i was all right like i feel good i feel like they got me off just before like, i was i was ready to really push mm-hmm. and then we got on i got on the honda 450 and um you know right away i was like the initial throttle response that i that i felt when i first rode that bike the the honda 450 like you know back when it was introduced wasn't as impressive i was like man like i need to use a little bit of clutch like it doesn't feel as responsive it feels like it felt like the bike was choked up and then you know obviously riding the honda like it's it's probably one of the harshest bikes in the class so like by the end of the four laps i was like man like i really felt that you know the power and the weight of the 450 or the power of the 450 comes at a cost and that's weight and like you know the, the amount of energy it takes to ride those things you know Um, I did uh, feel more comfortable on the Honda, like, with certain things as far as jumping. Like, I hadn't seat bounced anything on the Stark until that point or anything on that track until I rode the the Honda. And even with brake-brake tapping stuff, like, I just really really wasn't quite comfortable enough on the Stark to be able to start doing those things right away. But right after I got off on the Honda, I had a better idea of, like, those jumps and and what it took to, to clear them. And so I got on the Stark, and I was like, "Okay, let me start experimenting. Let me start really filling this thing out." And uh, when I got on it, I was like, able to push as hard as I could, and I started to get to the point, where I'm like, "All right, let me push this thing as hard as I can," and and let me see if it starts doing anything funny, and and it didn't. So it, it was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, I was the same as almost done. Kind of seen that they was getting the phones out all the time and doing lap times and com- and comparisons and a few other things like that. And uh, and mate, uh, t- to be fair, I, I when I I almost preferred the the Stark over, uh, over the Husky 450 that I rode. I uh, I really enjoyed riding the the Stark over the 450 for sure. I don't know if it's because I haven't spent as much time on a 450 or or riding it as much, but I just felt like it was an easier ride, more enjoyable ride on a. Not so, I don't know, like, I wouldn't say it's confusing riding a dirt bike, but it was just so easy to go past on, on that stock, you know?
3: They made riding yeah, dirt I, bikes easy, man. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I, it, was, it was, so I, I, uh,
2: I rode a, I, my personal bike's like a relatively stock Gas Gas 450, and, uh, they had one of those there for me to hop on as well, same as you guys, but I, I got, I chose that bike because I was pretty comfortable with it, and, um, <laughs> No, I'm not kidding you. The first lap, three of the other five journalists stalled the bikes. It was like stalled, <laughs> stalled. There was like 450s just sitting on the track. And I was just giggling, laughing as I was riding around with everyone. Um, and, and kind of the same as you guys. like I was like, okay, this my bike felt like it had like – it felt so heavy. My, the gas gas felt so heavy, so lethargic. But then it took me like a lap. And then like you said, Renee, I was like, oh, I can – like i said earlier i can like crack the throttle get back that second nature feel like timing so when i went i'm like and then the chassis also i'm like very like i said my 450 is pretty stock and i'm like i got on it and i'm like oh this feels like my bike pretty much and i'm riding it and i'm like wow that stark chassis is pretty damn good like Mm -hmm. that was a good reference for me because i didn't really know like i said earlier like the sound was different when i landed i'm like is it just different? Is it but is it better? And then once I uh, referenced the, the the gas gas, I was like, "Oh, the chassis is like on point. Like balance is good. It's doing what I want to do. It's I'm not having to relearn something." But I was definitely faster on the um, start Future in that short period of time. Um, I wasn't like I didn't know they were putting lap times on me, but I wasn't not trying hard like mm-hmm. either. So <clears throat> I think um, for a limited time on a, on all new platform and and whatnot that it's it's really impressive how how fast we can adapt to it you know all of us so, yeah. I
3: don't know if you guys got lap times, but I know that they told me that. I mean, I, I know, if, I don't know, I remember how much, but I was faster on the Stark than the Honda 450. Mm-hmm. And then from the first session on the Stark to the second one I had, I was like, I dropped 10 seconds. And that was me, like, just being comfortable with everything. Like Mike said, like, some of the things that were, like, a little skeptical for me were, like, those step ups, having those kickered out faces. I was like, how is this going to kick me? Mm-hmm. And, like, how am I going to be able to respond to not, like, wad my brains out right here you know and so once i got all that figured out and i got comfortable with the bike i started trusting it more i started trusting the tires more pushing my turns it all started coming together and it's like man it's so easy to go fast and you don't get tired as much like like it's like almost cut in half the amount of energy it takes
0: the fatigue is much lower yeah on the start but um,
2: how about the pan- if you did you guys try to uh, Renee? You're a young whippersnapper. Same with you, Dylan. Like, you guys get after it and scrub and all this rad shit. How was the panic <laughs> Oh man, panic it was
3: interesting, Mike. Let me tell you. Like, I I almost crashed a couple of times because like it, it's so weird. Like that okay. That's one thing I'm glad we're talking about because like whipping these things are weird. Like I was like yeah. Matt. I feel like a novice again. Like trying to like learn how to whip this thing. And it's like. You have to kind of like gas it as you're cranking the bike. And then when you gas it to bring it back, it comes back quick. So you could almost like rotate back over, rotate back the other way. You know, it was, yeah. it was comedy. I was like, I was telling the photographer guys like, dude, you guys got to get really good angles. Cause I'm trying. All right. I'm trying. sure man, I can't
2: wait. I can't wait to see the photos cause you, you don't have to swap making you look good. Right? Yeah,
3: dude. <laughs> hey, props to Josh Hill because uh, those things aren't easy to whip. I'll tell you that. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. But it
2: would, you know, as, as I said, like when you, uh, when you the panic rev, like Dylan, like could, if you panic rev that thing, if you're like p- going to like rev it up before you're in a turn, you can loop that thing out because you're in infinite gear, right? Like you're panic revving and see, like a Supercross triple, like inside turn, you hit it in second, ship to third, and you're panic rev, your wheel speed will only rev at third gear wheel speed. When you rev the Stark, it goes to like top wheel speed because there's no gears. So like Bam Bam would be doing backflips off triples and rhythm sections, man. Like if he was revving that thing like that, how he normally revs.
3: Yeah, dude, because when you yeah. land, that, the bike just bites. And I've only had that feeling one other time in Supercross because the track is so grippy. Like when you land on the gas hard, it'll just shoot you the direction you're facing, even if you're like just slightly not straight. And so, I mean, mind you, when I did it, the track was dry and slippery, and I, I panic revved, I gave it gas, and I just shot straight up like direction I was going. I was going like... 45 degrees the wrong way to where I was going where I wanted to and thankfully I didn't, I didn't crash, but it was a little interesting for sure.
1: Yeah, You yeah, know for sure for me with, with with the whipping and stuff like that it was it was like a, almost like Renee said like when I would whip it it would almost want to come back the other way But I've, you know that like um, you done a Big single in the back, you've done a right and there was that, that little step up like it was like a little pop up like in the air Um, I, I whipped it off that like like grabbed it off that quite a few times and it felt so strange for the first three times I'd done it it felt like the bike just didn't want to come back and as soon as I would hit the throttle at any moment as soon as I would it would just kind of like straighten up it was a it was strange not to like re- rev it out you know what
3: I mean? I was trying to uh, you know you guys remember that it was like probably one of the bigger jumps on the track like that tabletop in the middle Mm-hmm. That's the one I was turn. yeah. So that's the one I was worried because like if you go too far right, it's just a wall. Like they carved through the dirt, and then if you go too far left, you're jumping down half a cliff into some trees. That was pretty interesting.
0: You know what I did a couple times Later. that made me laugh was uh, the straightaway coming towards the pits. Uh, after coming out of that right turn, I found myself putting my foot out to shift up. <laughs> I did it a couple times and was like, "What am I doing, man?" <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, uh I guess in conclusion, I, I think all four of us are super impressed with this. Um, there's definitely gonna be some uh electric hate amongst the uh consumers I think that you know, they don't wanna say you know, we've already seen the comments like, Oh the day Supercross is electric is a day I quit coming, you know, or whatever. But I mean a lot of people said that about four strokes, right? And uh you know, you always have to evolve. And I think that the guys at Stark Future have done an amazing job with this bike. Um, I, I don't have much more to say, except I can't wait till we get them here.
3: I can't wait till we get them here, dude. And honestly, and don't get me wrong. I, I love two strokes. I, I, I don't think racing will be the same without sound. But you know what? It's, it's the future. It's coming. And, uh, you know, the part I look forward to is, I mean, I just hope that tracks become more available down here. And I know that, you know, we're, we're a lot more fortunate here in Southern California to have as many tracks as we do, but the places that don't, you know, hopefully, uh, the sport can grow from it. You know, I, I think it's, it can only bring positive.
2: Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what the evolution of the racer becomes. Like we talk about handbrake, like Bernard Kerr, top mountain bike riders, other guys that aren't just core, like, um, you know, two stroke riders, like myself, guys that race supercross on two strokes. We have a certain technique that allows us to be better than modern four stroke riders because we understand motor and power. and We, we can do certain things when we ride two strokes or this, all those techniques that, that I may have in my tool bag that, Um, Help me be better than other young riders on two strokes is out the window, right? Like this, this, this is a game changer to just straight skill on, on with, with, with bike handling. So um, yeah, in Australia, we're pretty, um, there's a lot of rules and regulations with where we can ride and where we can't ride. So Renee, like you said, this will open up a lot of tracks, a lot more riders to race um, and ride and and get in the sport. So um, I'm a purist. I love two strokes, but
1: I'm excited to see what this does for our sport. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's a lot of tracks shutting down in England because motocross is nowhere near as big as in any of these countries that uh, that I've been to. Like America, you see dirt bikes on the back of the trucks and all stuff like that. You don't see none of that here. It, it will neither get stolen or... Uh, <laughs> people someone who will make a complaint to the police and the government will come take your bike or something so to have something like that where it doesn't make a lot of noise and no one really knows what's going on behind trees or something like that would be uh would be great for the uk that's for sure because uh there's at least three or four tracks get shut down every year over here at the moment
0: yeah well hey uh mike's leader and uh Mr. Woodcock, thank you for uh, for joining us. Thank you to your uh, respective publications for putting you on loan with us. And uh, yeah, for Renee Garcia, um, Don sign signing off on the Spain Dream Trip podcast presented by Fox Racing. So thanks, guys, and thank you for listening. And uh, don't be such a hater when the electric bikes come.